Arizona's Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling, where this morning on the way to the supermarket, I saw an eagle on the side of the freeway with a snake in its beak. (laughs) Just another regular morning in the desert. So, how the devil are you? I know, it has been ages. And what a couple of months it's been. We've got so much to talk about. Get the kettle on and let's have a brew. So, the headlines of the last couple of months. Well, since we last spoke, I found 11 scorpions and one snake in our garden. Ah. The snake, actually quite cute, just a baby, only about 12 inches long, like a little shoelace of a thing. Plus, it was a gopher snake, so nothing to run screaming from. Did you know gopher snakes actually kill rattlesnakes? So, you know, they're not bad to have around. Unlike, of course, the hideous scorpions, which can frankly do one. Ah, I will never get used to them. I thought I had for a while. Absolutely not. I mean... Thank goodness all those scorpions were outside. The day I find one in my house, well, I'm just going to have to shut the front door and never go back. This is the only way around it. Remember I told you the story about Dave's colleague, who we call Jason, because his name is Jason, and the scorpions that he found inside his swimming trunks that then stung him in a place you never really ever want to get stung. Well, when he told us that story, I had assumed that he'd left his trunks perhaps outside to dry off on the floor. Maybe you put them over the back of a garden chair and they'd blown off onto the patio and he'd pick them up in the morning and scorpions ahoy. This is the story I had constructed in my head because you cannot leave a towel by the side of a pool here for more than five minutes without a ruddy rabble of the bloody things scuttling underneath ready to give you heart failure when you go to dry yourself off. But no, When we went to visit Jason in his absolutely lovely house in Cave Creek, a town right out in the desert about 30 minutes north of Phoenix, we discovered his swimming trunks had in fact been slung over the side of his bath inside his house. (laughs) And that's where the scorpions decided to crawl into the crotch inside his bathroom. Also, his 10-year-old son woke up to a scorpion inches from his face on his pillow, just hanging out, reading Harry Potter over his shoulder. I mean, oh, come on, it's horrendous. I should add, Jason has now left Phoenix and gone to live in the middle of a forest in upstate New York where he's building his own house. Really, it's happened. I mean, scorpions won't be a worry for him anymore. Just the slight issue of a bear. (laughs) or two around the area, and they are a bit harder to whack with a flip-flop when you come across one. What else in our headline news? Oh yeah, we all got COVID. Hooray! Who knew? It's awful. (laughs) If only they told us, eh? Well, that was absolutely no fun, but it was brought home uh, from a school trip by the 10-year-old, who was in fact the only one of us to have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. I mean, I'm glad she had no symptoms, but for the rest of us, really not a fun time at all. The school trip that she'd gone on, actually, was like some kind of disaster movie in its own right. (laughs) I don't know who at the school decided to take 40 10-year-olds on a sailing boat, but somebody did and somebody thought it was a good idea. I think they may feel differently now. The trip that went from San Diego out to Catalina Island in California was supposed to take an hour. But the seas were so rough, it took seven. 
seven hours and everybody, and I mean everybody, was sick. Kids, teachers, parents who'd gone along to chaperone, thankfully not me, even the crew. (laughs) I have never, said the 10-year-old with wide eyes, recalling the trauma, ever seen so much sick. (laughs) Just absolutely horrendous. The trip didn't get much better. Another child fell out of her bunk and broke her wrist. Someone had forgotten the first aid kit, so they cut the foot off a sock and popped that on for support. (laughs) It's not going to work. The showers didn't then work. Remember the fact there was lots of sick? Why didn't you jump into the sea? I asked her. I was scared to, she said. One of the crew stood on a stingray and had to be rescued and taken off to hospital. I'm not laughing because he's in pain. The man's fine, but you just think what else can go wrong? But, she told me, I did see a dolphin. I think it might have been a funny shape wave. (laughs) You don't even want to know how much this trip cost us. Uh, When I was 10, I think I went to the Pencil Museum in Cumbria and was thrilled to have a club biscuit in my lunchbox as a treat. Very different times now, aren't they? Very different indeed. We'd had a small get-together at our house after our green cards arrived and had a really lovely evening with our friends, scorpion-free to boot, but woke up the next morning and had been surprised that Mark, our tabby cat, hadn't immediately started squawking at us for food. Must be in one of the girls' rooms, we thought. But then they got up and, no, he wasn't there. Then we noticed the back door was slightly ajar. Oh, no. Now, you might remember the absolute horror of 2019 when coyotes came into our garden and did away with our lovely little white cat, Mitten. Oh, it was just awful. Well, since then, neither of our kitties has even set one paw outside. Cats in Arizona don't really mix. Coyotes are only part of the problem with eagles, hawks and owls and even bobcats and mountain lions also being around. There was actually a mountain lion spotted about a mile away from where we lived just a few weeks ago, outside a chemist shop, no less. The next few hours were just grim. We walked around and around the neighbourhood, calling and calling and calling, leaving trails of cat food, putting up posters, more calling, more calling, whistling. Nothing. I just couldn't bear it. Not again. We'd been so careful. We were totally gutted. And then just as we got home, we'd come inside to sit on the sofa and have a little cry, put the 50th or so poster up on the 50th or so lamppost and... And then Dave went out to the post box to check if we'd got any mail. And from underneath our RV, we heard the world's tiniest, tiniest, quietest meow. Dave had to crawl underneath to where the sound was coming from. And there, clinging on for dear life to the undercarriage, was Mark! <laughs> what a relief. I mean, this soon turned to the realisation of, oh, we now need to walk another few miles to go and take down the 50 or so posters we'd put up. But frankly, we didn't care. He was safe. I tell you what, though, he was definitely shaken. And I do not think he's going to ever be setting a little foot outside that back door again. I don't know what had gone on that night, but he wasn't himself for a week or so. Not long after Kitty Gate, after training since the start of the year, the teenager and I took part in Pat's Run, an annual race held right here in Phoenix to honour the memory of legendary Cardinals player Pat Tillman. 
Now, Pat Tillman was a player, as I said, for the Cardinals, which is Arizona's football team. I'm talking here about NFL, you know, helmets, armour, rugby ball-shaped balls. Not football football, soccer, of course. Pat was really beloved in Arizona. He'd received big offers to go and play for bigger teams, like a five-year, $9 million contract from the St. Louis Rams. But such was his loyalty to the Cardinals and to Arizona, the state where he'd started his career by playing college football, that he turned it down. But then in 2002, just eight months after the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center, Pat quit football. He left the Cardinals to go and, along with his twin brother, enlist in the US Army and go and fight. He was deployed first of all to Iraq and then to Afghanistan. And it was in that country, out in the mountains, close to the Pakistani border, where in April 2004, Pat Tillman was killed. At first, it was reported that he'd been killed by enemy combatants, but then after an investigation, it was revealed that, in fact, Pat had been killed by friendly fire by soldiers in another American unit. The Cardinals went on to retire Pat's number, 40, and the Sun Devils did the same, the college team where he'd first made his mark in Arizona, and there he played as number 42. And that's why now, today, Pat's run, which takes place every year in Phoenix to raise money for the foundation and lots of other charities which help so many people across the state and the country, that run is 4.2 miles long. And it ends with runners sprinting, or in my case, hobbling, into the Sun Devil Stadium to cross the finish line. What an atmosphere it was. Just terrific. I am already in for next year. The girls have actually enjoyed a pretty sporty 2022 so far, as both signed up for their school track team. One of them in the long jump and the other in the 100 metres. Now, I was, of course, happy to support this. More than happy. Oh, we forgot to say, said the teenager one Wednesday afternoon, You have to take us to track meet. What's that now? What, what? Track meet. We're competing against a load of other schools in Phoenix and it's every Thursday for a few months. (laughs) How long does this track meet last for? I asked. Hmm, I'm not sure, they said. I think it's about three hours. (laughs) Oh, good. I cannot begin to tell you how underprepared I was for this track meet. And now I imagined a few kids running around whilst parents chatted on the sidelines, you know, a bit like a school sports day. Oh, no, 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 no. This was a major event. Now held at the brilliantly named Thunderbird High School, there was a whole host of local schools attending and it was like a ruddy professional competition. We arrived. It was mayhem. What's your PE teacher called, I asked them, thinking I could ask someone where he was. Coach. They told me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you call him Coach. What's his actual name? Coach. (laughs) Okay. There were warm-ups kids were doing. Loads of them wearing different uniforms for the schools they were representing. There were huddles. There were cries of things like, Go Wildcats! They were massive bleachers rammed with enthusiastic parents, most of them taking this very seriously indeed. They had snacks, they had blankets, they had signs and they had good pairs of lungs on them. As the boys' 800 metres started up and groups of 12-year-olds started to lollop around the track, dads and mums leapt up from out of their seats. Ethan, go on, Ethan, pick it up. Ethan, get in the inside lane. Ethan, go. Ethan, Ethan, go. After report, Ethan did not win. 
I really did feel for Ethan. <laughs> it's all really serious, isn't it? I commented to one of the other parents. Well, sports is a good way to get a scholarship to college, she told me. These parents are on a mission. And a lot of them really were. It was exhausting for three hours a week for several months. Oosh. Both of the girls have now left their school despite being early June. They actually broke up for the long summer break a couple of weeks ago and don't go back until August when the small one starts a new middle school and the teen, well, she becomes an official high schooler. A freshman, no less. I still can't quite believe it. It's been my happy, happy birthday since we last spoke too and I was tremendously spoiled and had the bestest time. Not least a trip away to Seattle to see Paul McCartney. I mean, that's a whole story for another day. But headline, I cried four times because the Beatles. You're not surprised. I know that. And I also had another trip to the incredible Hacienda del Sol in Tucson. Coincidentally, situated not far from Paul McCartney's Tucson ranch, which he still owns. You know it. The Hacienda del Sol, or Ranch of the Sun, was built in the foothills of the Catalina Mountains as an exclusive home away from home for girls only. An exclusive school that promised to teach girls Western outdoor activities. They all had to bring their own horse and keep it at the school. And also ensured it would ready girls for the eastern colleges, offering them studies in which they can advance to a level dependent on each girl's personal ability. (laughs) Not really setting the benchmark very high, are they? But families such as the Kelloggs and the Vanderbilts and the Maxwells all sent their daughters to that school and for many years it thrived. After World War II, the Hacienda del Sol became a guest ranch and attracted the great and the good of Hollywood. Regular guests included Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, Clark Gable, John Wayne, Lana Turner and Howard Hughes. It was forgotten then for a few decades, sadly, but was given a new lease of life by a group of local residents in 1995. And I tell you, it is just glorious. The views from the infinity pool, especially with a cocktail in your hand. Oh, well, they're just magnificent. What a part of the world. But a birthday present I never thought I would actually get. My mum. Yeah, my mum who in September 2019 was given just a few months to live, against all the odds, against COVID, against closed borders, against a whole host of really malicious drama she's been suffering for the past couple of years, which one day I shall relate to you. Thanks to science and, frankly, sheer bloody determination, she made it to American soil. Of course, her health dictated much of what we could do, but... Boy, did we cram in some top adventures. Route 66, the Grand Canyon, the local saloons, many games of cards, episodes of Jeopardy with big glasses of red wine and numerous afternoons spent floating about in the pool, dodging those bloody scorpions. And, you know, it had to be done. My mum had last been to Las Vegas in 1981 on that first ever trip I took to the States. This was the one foreign holiday we'd had as a family when I was growing up. But man alive, it was a good one. No complaints from me. This was the trip in which my dad decided to go for a bit of a wander as we were driving from LA to Las Vegas across Death Valley. It was also the trip in which my parents were very nearly arrested 
for letting me put money in a slot machine in Las Vegas, age nine. Well, I mean, you know, the landlord of the local pub in the tiny town I grew up in hadn't minded, so, you know, we didn't know any different. It was also the trip in which my parents stood 50 feet apart in the raging current of the Colorado River as my dad hung on to me and then, boo, let me go as I motored down the river to where my mum was waiting to catch me. And thankfully she did. What were we thinking, Mum said as we saw the Colorado River peeking through the mountains as we drove across the desert. I suppose I didn't ever consider I wouldn't catch you. We had just a brilliant couple of days marauding around Vegas, eating and drinking too much and winning absolutely no money whatsoever. (laughs) But it was terrific. Driving back home across the Mojave Desert and then the Sonoran Desert, I did have a moment of being just so thankful and grateful and, yeah, still excited to live in this crazy, beautiful country. And then, just a few days later, an 18-year-old boy in Texas legally bought an assault rifle, walked into a school and killed 19 little children and two of their teachers. I mean, you can't have failed to have heard this utterly horrific news and You've no doubt also heard, in my view, the absolute bile spewing out of the mouths of a number of politicians either, blaming the fact the school had too many doors, that the teachers, who frankly have got enough on their plates, didn't have guns. I mean, despite the fact the police themselves weren't armed adequately to deal with a weapon of that power. I mean, one commentator blamed the school system for removing religious teaching. If God doesn't feel welcome in a school... He can't be held responsible when the devil comes in. I mean, come on. It's madness. Actually, you know, it's not madness. It's evil. They didn't ban planes after 9-11, screeched one congresswoman, so loathsome I can't even bear to mention her name. A sentiment that's been echoed by millions of proud gun owners over the last few weeks. Do you know what? No planes weren't banned. But quite a lot changed after 9-11 in terms of regulation around air travel, ID, security, scanning luggage. I mean, I don't need to point this out to you because you've got a brain. But before 9-11, especially in American airports, people could literally turn up just a couple of moments before their flights, like catching a train, walk with their families right up to the door of the aircraft, take as many liquids as they wished, keep their shoes on and their belts, all of this. But all of that changed. Why can't they change this now? And yet still, in America, in 2022, an 18-year-old boy with no training, no experience, who can't legally buy a beer, can legally buy a weapon that caused so much damage to those poor little ones. Their parents had to use DNA testing to identify their own children. And yeah, that's a horrible detail to include. And yet, a boy can pop down to a local shop and buy a weapon that can cause this utter destruction. But yeah, right, doors are the problem. I... I'll never understand it. I will never understand it. There are, though, a lot, a lot of really, really good people in this country. A lot of angry, devastated good people who, unlike me, right now can vote. And you've got to hope they use that power because it's the one way things might actually change. And do not even get me started on the Roe Wade shower. That, frankly, is a lament for a whole other day. 
you know, even when these really big, devastating things happen, it's strange how quickly life kind of returns to normal. Do you know what I mean? That minutiae of day-to-day life. I mean, it's still there for you to deal with and life kind of just rolls on. I mean, a few weeks ago, I had to go and renew my driver's licence as the one I'd been issued with after passing my test back in 2019 had expired because it's only as valid for as long as that first work visa that I had. Lining up at the DMV or the Department of Motor Vehicles, the man behind the counter took one look at my paperwork and said, Ah, Manchester. You're not a Manchester United supporter, are you? Or I might accidentally shred this application instead of filing it. I mean, it's a bit brutal, (laughs) but it did give me a laugh. Fast forward another couple of weeks to lunch at the Olive Garden, a chain of Italian restaurants famed for their breadsticks that are more like mini loaves of bread, actually. They're lovely. And as we sat down, the waitress asked where we were from. She literally leapt with glee when we told her, shouting, Yes! Manchester United! Greatest team on earth! Her eyes then fell as my daughter silently unzipped her jacket to reveal her Manchester City shirt underneath. Do you want some more breadsticks, she said. Yes, please. (laughs) And talking of Manchester, well, the time has come. It's been a lot, lot later than advertised. But on Thursday this week, we will be back. Ah, back to the cobbles and the drizzle and proper beer. Oh, and proper chips and gravy and oh, so much more. Are you excited to be going back? I asked both the girls. Oh, yeah, they replied. What are you most excited about? Oh, I know, said the teenager. Going to Greg's. <laughs> I mean, you can take the girl out of Manchester, right? If you're an American listener and you're not familiar with Greg's, I'm not quite sure how to describe it to you. Maybe a bit like the bakery section of a Walmart, but frankly, it's a British institution. Look it up. Double G. So Thursday, yeah, we're going to be there. It's been more than three years. I mean, we genuinely thought we would have popped back a couple of times by now at least. And I tell you what, I'm nervous. I mean, I am dead excited to see my friends and catch up with my family, of course, but I don't know how I'm going to feel. Will I still feel connected with the place? Will it seem familiar and comforting or will it have all changed so much that I feel like a fish out of water? Will it feel like home or will I feel homesick? Well, it's not long, I suppose, until I find out. Better start some packing. And so I better not say I'll see you in the desert... So how's about... All right, our kid. I'll catch you down Manchester. (laughs) 